Manning Air, and you're listening to Season 8 of the Afropop Close-Up Podcast, where we go beyond the music into politics, religion, history, and culture. Tasha Goldberg is a record collector and music lover who's traveled extensively in search of unique and beautiful music. In this episode, Tasha travels to Tunisia and learns about the musical healing tradition known as Stembeli. Here's Tasha with Music That Heals, Touching Down in Tunisia. My name is Tasha Goldberg, and it's true. My love of music and passion for vinyl has led me on some great adventures. It fascinates me how people around the world adapt to challenges and restore themselves and truly heal. Music has a special role in all of this. Music gives us the soundtrack, the blueprint, and even a script that can help us to achieve our full healing. So, join me as I touch down in Tunisia and meet a Stembeli master who shares the structures that are still used today for healing. Around the world, people find many different ways to heal themselves. Some prepare and apply plants as medicines, others manipulate bones and tissues. But one medicine that is truly for the people, by the people, and accessible to every single person, despite iniquities, is music. And music, well, music is part of every human society. And one place with an inherent and deep reverence and acceptance of the power of healing through music is Tunisia. From communal calls to prayer, to swirling Sufi dancers and rhythmic trance makers of Stambeli, the cultural tapestry in Tunisia is filled with sounds that induce healing. Stambeli is a lesser-known cousin to the more popular Ganawa tradition of Morocco and Algeria. Connected through the shared aesthetic and spiritual features, the word Stambeli is believed to come from the sub-Saharan term Sambeli, which describes a spirit possession activity involving music and dance. Richard Jankowski has written several books on the topic. As I was reading through one, I recognized in one of the photos Belasan Mihub, a Stambeli master who I met on my very first visit to Tunisia in 2018. Belasan and I were introduced by our mutual friend Amin Ben Mahmoud, known lovingly as Mino. With a pure heart, Mino is just one of those guys happy to share everything, especially his love of music. Over the years, this introduction to the mystical world of Stambeli left me really curious to want to learn more. So, four years later, I'm back in Tunisia 
walking with Mino, retracing the very same path to visit our Angel of Stambeli. The entrance of Belisan's home is truly an oasis among the chaos and symphony that is the souk. His curtains dance in a soft breeze, and Belisan embraces me, welcoming me back and offering again to lead me through the undulating rhythms of Stambeli. There are moments where the music itself just explains it all, but for my questions, Mino translates from Arabic to English. The world of Stambeli is many things, but what I learned from the start is that it truly is a process of healing. Basically, the Stambeli is spiritual uh, music, so it's for healing you know, for heal people. So sometimes this woman or this guy have this uh, symptoms. So uh, there is this woman in the Stambeli uh, tribe. Like a doctor, she will make a diagnostic and she will say like, okay, this girl should uh, listen to this Stambeli songs. And so there is like different songs and different theme for different illness. And there is always this spiritual part in it. So it's not basically music that we're going to play in shows or in concerts. It's a small circle, like a ritual, you know. He said like there is still families that ask them to come and to have uh, like some Stambeli nights for healing, you know, session. It's about spirituality. It's not about money. I understood that Stambeli creates a flow of energy between the players of the music and the person who needs healing. This ritual music becomes the structure, a code of sorts, delivering the dua or the cure through a song or nuba. A song in Stambeli is called nuba, and there is different nuba to go through like different level and different uh, theme of mysticism and so it's basically the gombri will lead. So there is those elements, earth, sea, air and the nuba are related to different elements so to make the diagnostic you have to know in which theme you have to go like air nuba or in sea nuba or jungle one so each spirit has his own nuba and that's how it works you have to identify which one so he can start It's There is different nuba nuba and all of them is called sersla. It's like a, a chain, like a siri, and uh, each one is related to other. So the first one is related to Mashikha, the saint, the old guys, and the second one is for the sea. I would love to ask if it's possible to describe how it feels in your body when you have the chance. 
He said he is like into another world. He completely transported. Nothing feels the same. You know, he can't really describe. He saw a lot of people like getting took by this somebody really get in trance and start to scream and fall up and after that like coming back and smiling and like everything is cool now so that's what he was like a lot in his uh, childhood it was like maybe twice a week of healing, as in all places, is rooted in a worldview. And in the case of Stambeli, this is very complex and layered. Something very interesting to me, the ritual acts involved in the Stambeli healing are group activities, and there are various roles within this group. This is important because the individual affliction must be addressed by the community, by the collective. Music is the catalyst. It provides a place to manage the affliction and empower the body to release, and transform, or at least surrender. I could feel the Stambeli energy, even if it was just a taste of what a full ritual is really about. Stambeli uses particular instruments, notably the lute that's known as a gumbri. Belasan, like his teachers before him, made his own gumbri, which in a way is actually three instruments in one. Jankowski describes it as a three-string bass register chordophone whose melody speaks to the spirits to coax them to descend into the body of the dancer. The strings resonate through a hollow body with a taut skin face, which is essentially the drum, and then there's a metal shaker attached to the base of the neck, adding a percussive element. Belasan shows me, on his own gumbri, the very first rhythms that he learned. Do you think that rhythm comes from like old, 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 old Stambeli tradition? Do you think that this is like a rhythm that reminds uh, so something in nature or walking or movement. There is some rhythm like the running horse, you know, and it's called Rakhdehsan in Tunisian. So we have appellation for certain rhythm telling the source of the, the sound, you know. Belasan explained to me that one of the rhythms evokes the sound of a slave dragging his chains. 
This is just one of the ways of understanding how Stembeli survived the displacement of captive sub-Saharan Africans centuries ago. Part of the way that this has been archived is through the communal houses, like the school that Belisan is a part of. What we know now, what we understand about Stambeli, is in a large part thanks to the family of Belisan. 19% of the Tunisian Stambeli masters came from here, from this house. Because it's like, you have to understand, like Tunisian, they used to have like open doors, you know. So when you are in the same neighbor or in the same town, you can go like freely in your neighbor's house. It was like normal for us. You don't have lunch at home, so you can knock the door and it was normal. So this spot was the gathering point. So all the guys related to Stambeli lived here once or stayed for a while or came to learn or they basically start from here. Are the younger generations still interested in learning? Not like it used to be, he's saying no. You know, being part of a fraternity, even a Sufi fraternity or a Stambeli fraternity, it was like part of Tunisian life. It was like normal for us kids to go to uh, those spots, even where if we are not interested, but just to see how it is and try to learn a minimum. So this Let's see, gone with this new generation where there is no transmission of knowledge. It's, it's different time, yeah. The culture, of, the politic culture of the Tambeli, the country also at a certain point, you know, you make favoritism for kind of music that you want to be represented for the country because they are popular. So other styles like Mizwed, like Stambeli, they want them to stay like in small circles. So this policy was like post-independence, the new area and new vision of the country. And now with the way that things are, it seems like there's a lot of foreign interests, like people want to make a fusion. Is it okay to deconstruct the Stan Valley or is it more important in your opinion to keep it as a healing tradition? Yeah, he's saying that the one is not against the other, you know, you can keep the soul and the root of Stambeli for healing, but you can also go with your time, you know, and make fusion with jazz musicians. It's part of the music research also. From his point, it's not contradictory. When you're younger and you're learning, do you have to learn how to like not get lost in the trance if you're the musician? He's saying he faced those kind of situation when he made fusion. You play with other instruments, you have to be like kind of tempo. But sometimes he is like in the middle of his trance, so he let it go. You know, after the revolution, we jumped directly into the fusion. The new generation went wanting uh, making fusion with Stambeli. So uh, it was cool. It was a nice idea, and he's playing also with uh, this band, it's called Dindri, Dindri Movement, yeah. Many of the great masters have passed. 
and too few young people are coming forward to take on the weight and the responsibility of learning the Stembeli traditions. Meanwhile, Mino and his partner Skander Saba are working to archive the culture of Stembeli. They share with me a vision to produce a proper recording of a full Stembeli ritual, which would be the first ever made. As I chat with Mino and Skander, first, Skander explains the concept. Since many years, Mino, who is way more specialized than me in Gnawa music and Stambeli, he always told me, you know, comparing to Morocco, we are super late. Comparing to Morocco, they put it on the front row, this traditional art, and in Tunisia, it's vanishing. And the new mahallams or masters in different brotherhoods, they're disappearing. So it might be too late if we still wait, but we need to record the full ritual that people in the brotherhood call sensla, literally the ashe in Arabic. You were saying that there's a fusion, there's, there's interest in it, but there's never been a full archive of the actual... It's the classic problem we find all over the Arab world in Muslim culture, despite the fact that it's very wealthy and rich in writings, poetry, literature, and all that you can imagine. But in the modern days, and also since the independence of the countries, you have very few classified archives. When you have very interesting national archives, it's not open to the public. It's always this culture of secrets. We don't know why. The idea would be we would like to record the food ritual. No jazz fusion, no electronic music, no hip-hop. We have to record the core essence of the ritual and this art as it was done in the 60s and it was of course audio only so now we have also some new possibilities with technology and it would be silly not to use the fact that we can show to people the ritual and Balahsan is okay to do it with us because he feels also that we're doing it like on a good purpose and we were friends and we had many many discussions and through the years it should be done because it's like lost heritage you know there will be no other person knowing those kind of songs or knowing those exact words or exact number so it's gonna vanish we are going to record the sound of course but also record it visually with cameras and the idea is not to record it into drop it also online or in festivals or no matter what, but to give some indication to the viewer, to the listener, introducing in some words the context of this ritual. Does it help healing things? Does it help pushing away the evil eye, the bad luck? What are the contexts where you play this kind of sounds? While these guys care deeply about respecting tradition, they are also fans and supporters of fusion. Skander and Mino created a touring event called No Logo in 2016. The tour brings together musicians from across the region, from traditional, electronic, hip-hop, and more, to experience and exchange through workshops and concerts, all performed inside of a traveling bubble. The event sites are selected not by how much money they can earn, but by which locations can create the greatest access for people who do not normally participate in festivals. 
The process of building the bubble engages the community from the start weeks before the actual workshops and concerts begin. This seeds a genuine bed of trust and exchange. The goal has always been to honor and celebrate culture through social interaction. The idea is to have free access, no concessions to any kind of private sponsors for the project. We have this uh, long history with NGOs and social institutions and from uh, foreign embassies who are the only one to fund this kind of project during Benati. It was also kind of protecting these projects from uh, dark forces still operating <laughs> in the country against the youth. So we had the contacts and we had the keys and the tools to know how to contact people and for once create a project that would value decentralization not centralize everything in the capitals, but decentralize art and culture, creating artistic content and giving a room to express themselves to the artists of the region. During this open mic carte blanche, where you have this open stage where the local artists can come and present things, you can have also association taking the mic and addressing the crowd, the population, telling them about an important social uh, fight that would come in a few months in their territory. So. We try not to be politic, but people in these parts of the world have a highly political impact. Even if we don't want to have this impact as a project, we have it. Tunisia is amazing. It is beautiful and complex and political. Even the concept of preserving ancient culture or experiencing music events carries with it the weight of political pressure. People like Mino and Skander are truly heroes in this regard because they have the intellectual understanding to know what's at stake, but they also have the heart the capacity to truly create magic. I hope that you've enjoyed touching down in Tunisia with me and will travel with me again as I continue to explore music that heals. This Afropop close-up was made possible by a grant from the National Endowment for the Arts. But to keep this series going, we need your support. Visit afropop.org and make a donation. Every dollar counts. For Afropop Worldwide, I'm Tasha Goldberg. <laughs>